0: Who figure out my family, polygonometry,
1: polygonometry. Who probably need a PhD, polygonometry, polygonometry. Oh, it's the math of my family tree, the math that leads
0: to my pedigree. Oh, it's the math of my life, polygonometry. Hey!
1: What's going on, all you Urims and Thummums out there? You're listening to Polygonometry. This is a family podcast where each week, I sit down with one of my relatives to discuss what it's like growing up in polygamy my guest on the show this week is someone who i'm very excited to have on he has done a lot of personal looking and finding and vision questing to kind of see how he feels about the world at large um, through the lens of how he grew up and our childhood and how he feels about all of that stuff and that's what we get into this week um, another thing that we got into this week and this is kind of a trigger warning um, we dive headfirst into the Relationship between the LDS church and the AUB and how those two institutions interact with people of color. So consider yourself warned. Um, it got pretty uncomfortable for both of us, um, but this is a subject that is very personal to my guest. Um, and you'll see why if you keep on listening. And if you choose not to, no harm, no foul, baby. Um, so I really hope that you enjoy our conversation. Um, and I really hope that you get to see things from the perspective of my dad's second-oldest sister's third-oldest son.
0: I just want to see what church is like, because so I haven't been in six years, maybe seven, mm-hmm. um, maybe six. I can't remember. I might have been 20 last time, or 19. Oh, really? That yeah. late? Yeah. so, so, so I when... gave a priesthood lesson when I was 19.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Whoa. You know, I didn't sure. know that, that. I thought that you were out. I thought you were out sooner. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't come out. Um. <laughs> um, so, so when, uh, so give me some, some, some backstory. So, when did things start to change for you as far as like starting to have these doubts about the lifestyle and, and all that um, stuff? When did that happen? I mean,
0: I guess in big part was the like I was just kind of, I had moved to Missoula when I was like 19 so well the year after high school I stayed home mm-hmm. worked with my dad and was active somewhat like I was you know I was going to priesthood meeting um maybe so you were
1: 18 at this time 17 18 18 okay
0: 18 turning 19 so that like winter after high school mm-hmm. I was still sorry I was still going I think I was going actually quite a bit still then, now that I think about it, because I was living in Missoula a year later, and I gave a lesson at priesthood meeting. Um, so you would commute down? Infrequently. Like, it was oh, okay. It was just one more of, like, I had gotten put on the schedule for giving lessons, you oh. know, and it, and my dad was the president of the elders quorum. Okay. Um, Were you giving... Is that the word? I think he was
1: consider I think the term's president. Um, okay so you were you were coming down from Missoula probably like staying the night Saturday at your parents' house or yeah. Okay. And then, and then so you got all the way like ordained all the way through the Aaronic priesthood to an elder you, yeah. you mentioned? Okay. Cool. Cool. And then you were given lessons and, and all that stuff in mean, nineteen just one lesson in elders oh, quorum. Okay. Gotcha. Um, what was it about?
0: It was about the Saints in the town the Saints the Saints in Missouri I can't remember what town it was but Independence. some specific I can't remember what's the town I can't remember but it was in the process where they were that transition in Missouri and Illinois and it was just a lesson about them you know integrating into Missouri for a few years
1: there I'm moving that mic up just a titch I'm just looking at the at the board Oh um, yeah, yeah. Here you go. But yeah, Perfect. it
0: was a, um, a lesson about the Mormons integrating into a community in okay in Missouri, and I remember it was like I I, I totally was not prepared for it. I believe I was hung over. Like <laughs> you the, were hung over. <laughs> <laughs> at least like from like two day the Friday night prior. <laughs>
1: All right, is that mic stand giving you issue? Yeah, it's okay. coming off the table, let me fix it. All right, yeah, go ahead and fix it. So apologies for the audio distortions at this time. We'll take a commercial break and we'll get back to you. <laughs> Dude, I, I wanna have like someone write ads for products that would only ever work in Pinesdale. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> uh, some like nonstick uh, grease pans that exchange hands a lot, you know what I mean? Like with the masking tape with the family name on it or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, something like that, I think that would be hilarious. What else could could we use here?
0: Um.
1: It's like, do you, do you ever wonder what your wife, or do you ever wonder what your fourth wife is truly saying to you? <laughs> here is your Urim and Thummim <laughs> to translate your, wife, your fourth wife's, you know what I mean? That'd be mm-hmm. so
0: funny. Anyway, so mean, they make those two-person, two, two person, like, Snuggie blanket things, like... a
1: two-person Snuggies? Yeah. We need three and
0: four. <laughs> Five and six.
1: <laughs> one big happy family with a Snuggie.
0: Good luck trying to squeeze most sister wives into a Snuggie together. Oh, man. You have jockeying
1: positions to who could be closest to the husband.
0: Was, that was always one of those things. You're always curious at, at church when there's somebody with three wives and how they... Ooh, how yeah. they balance that because you see it and you'll see two wives sitting next to him whoever that him is
1: and like one family on one side and then one family on
0: the other side he's just kind of like and in and the then middle but, of the I, bench. but i know i've seen a man with two wives on each or a wife on each side plus the third on one side of the other women oh, i'm going how do you balance that's that out question. every sunday is it a race for is it a rotating schedule it's probably a schedule
1: do you think if it's it's a schedule <laughs> like, for sure. Uh, that's amazing. That'd be awesome. Um, so, okay. So you were talking about uh, giving a, a lesson in, in priesthood meeting about uh, the saints in some indiscriminate town in Missouri.
0: Yeah. And I remember making the point of like, well, people, cause people were, you know, really upset and this was, you know, Missouri fairly frontier at this time, mm-hmm. pretty rough, pretty rough, a lot of rough people so mid 1800s yeah I mean yeah 18 whatever 1840 not even what year did Joseph Smith die
1: 1847 yep. I think I could yeah, look that up
0: so, I mean it was either way like 1840s when the saints are kind of slowly merging west a bit and so
1: it was just a lesson on um 1844 that's when he died
0: okay so yeah early late 1830s early 1840s at this point and mm-hmm. the saints yeah integrating into Missouri which was a bit rough on the edges being as far west it was in the 1830s yeah um and then of course a bunch of the mormon saints were a lot of them were new englanders um maybe not necessarily as rough in some cases surely plenty of them were just as rough but mm-hmm. um yeah, I just remember giving a lesson on it. And the only thing that pops out in my head is I remember asking about, like, what if a big community of Muslims moved into the Bitterroot tomorrow? You know, how would we respond to that?
1: Whoa, you were um, asking some pretty, like, interesting questions.
0: I mean, that's, that's the only interesting thing I think I asked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's be honest, but, but I remember going there, and I can't really remember if what had gotten responded to it was, that, um, that's what
1: i was gonna ask like how did they respond to that like what was the kind of takeaway um i'm not sure what the response was did they view honestly. you as some sort of like islamic apologist and oh
0: no just kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit okay. um that's daring. but of course it, you know in that moment when you're thinking about you know it's different when the saints are you know moving into town yeah. compared to muslims moving into town mm-hmm. regardless of you know both communities would probably be well-intentioned. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, for sure. But, but they'd be taking our work because, you know, they if there was a community of anything, if they moved into town immediately, they'd be similar to Pinesdale and that you're going to get the labor jobs. You're going to jump into construction. Mm-hmm. You're going to do those things where you can start a business without too much trouble. Yeah. Like it'd be do the same thing we did. And mm-hmm. we'd probably respond the same way. A lot of the Valley responded to when the birth, Pinesdale, the Pinesdale yeah. was not very welcome it was you know they're taking construction jobs how a lot of people felt um and yeah ironically here at home we'd almost certainly respond the same way to oh there would be some a new you know a a new large mass community building you know across the valley from us
1: oh yeah and there would be people would be lighting their torches and grabbing their pitchforks oh yeah you know they're trying to bring sharia law here something yeah I I mean obviously this is like a very speculative yeah. like yeah. argument yeah I don't think we're gonna have any
0: uh, <laughs> <a big laughs> community mode but even like I don't know if there's a Scientology compound
1: I, I don't know like regardless so you basically your point was like the the Saints that moved into this part of Missouri were not well received to give you a perception on what that might be like here's an example of something like so let's just say that uh you know a group of you know 300 uh, Scientologists Spence. or whoever moved in, how would we feel? You know, like that kind of thing. So that's, I mean, that's good. Good on you for kind of like putting that to the, to the class and being like, hey, hmm, yeah,
0: food for thought. Yeah, but it, at that time, it was a pretty, like, the environment
1: in the Elders Quorum was pretty good. So I you mean, felt like it was kind of just, it was they were open to that thought experiment. Yeah, I mean, there was, it,
0: it had a good dynamic because my dad like I said was um running the show at that point mm-hmm. in the quorum and he will pretty much let anything go if it's not in tune with the couple of annoying self-righteous guys mm. like if it would upset them he's for a hundred percent so <laughs> it was kind of left the door
1: open a little more to um
0: yeah different opinions yeah because yeah cool
1: yeah, that's a really interesting. I I don't ever remember because I was never ordained as a teacher or a priest. Oh, I, I gotcha. only I beat you by yeah, you beat me by a few. I ranks. beat you
0: by a couple steps on that ladder.
1: Yeah, you outrank me for sure. This is this should be your podcast. Where did our sisters end up on that ladder? Ooh, I don't know. That's a good question. We young, have to ask young them. Young women's good. Yeah, yeah. They they were a part of girls' class. Because we have no idea what that was even like at all. (laughs) Because we were just like, I don't get it. (laughs) Girls, what? They have class? They have class on being a girl? That's weird. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I would have to ask them. I'm looking to actually get all of your sisters that would be able to come on the show. I'd love to hear them as well. That'd be awesome. And my sisters as well are both, they're both game. So, um, So, yeah, you... I, yeah, I never had any sort of the, like those thought experiments or or those devil's advocacy type of ideals brought in with the ironic priesthood because I was only a deacon. So right, it was more like at the. I mean, those environments
0: were just like a school class. Everybody's just there, kind of. Yeah, very little interaction in the class.
1: What's the rank order again? Deacon, teacher, priest, elder, and then what's after that?
0: Seventies um, and high priest are kind of. There's not; they're not necessarily higher than one another. It's more of, I think it has different like callings depending on which um, quorum
1: you're. Yeah. Um, the quorum levels. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure. One thing that I will say that I think is a very you know awesome part of Mormonism and the group that we grew up in is like the level of organization. I mean regardless of how we might feel about it i think that the organization part of it is a good thing for people you know really making sure that people have like a set of rules or whatever i mean if i were to ever subscribe to any sort of like those types of beliefs it would be better if things were organized as opposed to disorganized you know what i mean oh yeah for sure yeah so i'm trying to look up the order right now definitely one deacon teacher priest elder high priest 70 patriarch apostle yeah or at least for us, it was council, right? Council, yeah. Yeah, because we never really thought of them as apostles, really. Did you, did you ever think of them that way? I always call them council members, so the terminology is regardless is the same rank, but. Yeah, and we didn't,
0: you know, where in the church. It's, you know, President Nelson, where for us, it was Brother LeMoyne, Brother
1: Owen. Yeah, brother. Everything's yeah. brother. Brother. Sister. Brother and sister. husband brother. That's what's so great about cults. We get things really incestuous. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's when you zip up (laughs) yeah (laughs) just second cousin love and Chris get it right you know that's going to be a theme that I think is talked about almost every episode it's kind of hard to miss it's really tough because it's so like we have to clear the air so often whenever we talk to people about you know growing up in polygamy because that is probably the most common question what would you say the most common question is do you think Mm. Like for me, one is like, okay, so do all the moms sleep together in the same bed, or like, do they ever have like threesomes or orgies? That's usually the first one, because it's the most, I, 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 I don't know, it's the most interesting question, maybe. Right. Um, but, and then, but then after well, that, it's like, well, not. don't you guys like marry your cousins? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. That one.
0: Yeah, hey, don't you like marry their cousins up there? Don't you kiss your sister
1: up on that hill? Uh, <laughs> all them sister kissers. <laughs> kissed her sisters
0: (laughs) yeah i i don't know how to answer people when they ask about cousin loving because it's like
1: yeah like yeah do you ever feel uncomfortable when ask you those questions
0: i mean a little bit because you're like damn it this is my community and i have to be like no there's no cousin yeah there is i can name like seven couples off top of my head that (laughs) are fairly new yeah that are closely related where it didn't seem like it was as common like 30 years ago
1: yeah it definitely seemed like you know back in the day like maybe 45 or 50 years ago it was fairly common and then or maybe not so much more common but like the the child bride idea was more common yeah then for sure and then the gap between the ages slowly became more and more or just closer together but then as the age difference got closer closer together the relation difference got closer and closer together as well. That's
0: true. I haven't thought about it that. It almost
1: seems like people are kinda of like doubling down on that.
0: Yeah, I I don't know what it is, what it just has become just kinda of, I don't think it's something a lot of people talk about when no. they're courting their second cousin. It's just kinda of like this semi norm where it's okay to go barking up your second cousin's tree. <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> like I told you, I asked a kid going, you know, because he's dating his second cousin or trying to at the time and now still together and possibly married. I'm not sure. Okay. But yeah. We'll have to, we'll so have I, to figure that out I know off the air. What, yeah, I know. That's <laughs> what I said to him. Why are you barking up that tree, boy? <laughs> what did just, you say to that? Oh, you know, just, sh- you know, shrugged and smirked and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the way it goes. Yeah, that's freaking <laughs> queer, man. <right>? Like. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that another interesting thing is that people like to point out of course you mentioned is uh <laughs> just the frick, the the Pinesdale language is different than the rest of the bitterroot the vernacular like, is completely the vernacular's different. different and it's got this from what I understand at least it's like this southern Utah accent and southern Utah has kind of this s- southern twang this uh yeah um, yeah it's just closer to texas than to salt lake it seems like yeah and and i don't know if that's like and i think it's just because i mean it's just because so many people are from southern utah i mean our grandpa Mm -hmm. of course yeah
1: um yeah and it's it's kind of funny too like i mean i mean that's how (laughs) when when southern kids are saying frick frick ready (laughs) i mean oh my freak (laughs) (laughs) oh my freak oh can't tell you how many times yeah. I've heard that um we have our own language yeah I mean that's kind of how Larry the Cable Guy kind of rose to infamy or whatever you want to call him I mean I'm a fan of him I think he's funny but like Good he, he doesn't have a southern accent it's part of his act like he himself Larry the Cable Guy as a person outside off of stage right he no doesn't accent. have an accent <laughs> he uses that as a way to kind of just make things sound funny and I think it works <laughs> you know he's like yep, eater yep, done. Get you know it's just done. like a, a really funny way of speaking and that is very like it's definitely something that we I mean I remember speaking like that a lot. I mean I'm not saying that I have a th- southern accent now but I mean I'm sure if if we could hear our like 5th 6th grade
0: selves we would sound a little bit differently. Oh for sure.
1: I mean much more high pitched. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh for sure. Yeah. Yeah, way okay. more twangy, way more duh, way more fricks. Way more fricks. So many fricks. A lot less cussing. See, yeah, I don't think I was really cussing in sixth grade. Third grade is kind of funny because we were doing a lot of cussing. It was this weird, tr- like... Was it a I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it was both class. There's two classes in third grade. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was both classes being just wildly inappropriate. But my class, and I was certainly a part of it, (laughs) was just like flipping each other off like crazy. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) And like cussing. And then fourth grade, we're all, you know, clean. (laughs) All of a sudden. You went through your rebellious... Yeah, it was weird. Or at least that's what it felt like to me. Maybe I'm way off the mark, but (laughs) I swear I was cussing in third grade and then like stopped. I remember making a deal, a deal with a friend in fifth grade maybe where it was like... We made a deal that if if we were like started swearing as adults, that so we'd punch each other in the face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god! Have you punched each other yet?
0: Not yet. Oh, oh my god! I want to know who this is so we can go and just. I mean, it's me and. Wade, so I know we're both. Oh okay. Yeah, you're fine. Terribly now. guilty.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've cut Dude. at least
0: once on this as we've been talking, which is yeah, fewer than most most of the time. Well, fuck, man. Me. <laughs> well, it started with the movie District Nine, which is a movie about aliens in South Africa, and and the way that they say the word fuck is hilarious. Yeah. Fuck, you fucking, prawn. <laughs> yeah, <you're> fucking prawn. <laughs> And that movie more or less
1: broke my f-word barrier. And that when did that come out? uh was when we were 2011 in 2011,
0: probably. Yeah, we, we were in high 12. school. Yeah, yeah. I think I was a junior or senior, and then. I just started saying fuk so much. <laughs> it's just <so laughs> it's hilarious. <fun>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing against South Africans, if you're listening to this podcast. No, if if I could wa- actually say "fuck" like Fook just all the time, I would. But people would not
1: respond normally. If I was just, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fucking stupid. Yeah, pretty fucking stupid. Um, I had a, I have a few friends from South Africa that I met in, when I was living in China. And oh, nice and they were, they were great. They were so awesome. Some of the best people I know, to be honest, they're, they're so, so polite and just amazing. Um, but so, yeah, I think we, we definitely got a little tangential, but kind of getting back to what I asked earlier of like, when did that start to change for you as far as like the doubts and, and leaving? And cause you mentioned like you were 17, 18, 19, when you were still like giving lessons in, in priesthood yeah. meeting. And that's like, a real marker of like still being in <laughs> oh for sure like and then like
0: when i at the time when i gave that lesson was kind of it was one of the last times i went to priesthood meeting probably because mm-hmm. i was living in missoula you know i wasn't coming home for priesthood meeting and you taught that um, you taught that lesson hungover well i was hungover from the friday night previous oh, to sunday but so you were hungover for two days I, mean, I, I, I get hung over real easy like if I get <laughs> like if I'm drunk drunk then I'm going to be feeling it for two days yeah. like I remember the day after was just terrible like that Saturday before I'm like crap <laughs> I have to give a lesson <laughs> <laughs> and so I that's ended up, an amazing situation to be in more or less in. just you know I had like because we had like these little pamphlets on yeah. our lesson material you could use that and you know expound on that research if you want and that's a pinesdale
1: lexicon word yeah expound mm-hmm. expound is it even a word mm-hmm. i think so i i mean i'm a fucking idiot so yeah, preach teach expound preach teach expound. oh yeah that's right um, no, i'm an idiot but uh, yeah so i
0: at that time pretty much quit going to priesthood meeting but then that that was that winter i gave a lesson and then in the summer was when um the AUB began to split again, where um, when Lemoyne died, and then Lynn Thompson gets the promotion to being the prophet. Yeah. And people were expecting Marv Jessup here to get the bump up, and he didn't, and he kind of got stepped, leapfrogged, because he was next in line, I believe. But yeah, because um, Morris
1: had already passed, right?
0: Yeah. Um, and so actually, I gave a passed as in dead. Yeah. Not passed as in like passed by. gave morris i took part in a blessing for morris just before he died actually oh really yeah whoa what was that like um i mean it was like you know very reverent i mean this dude's clearly dying of i think prostate cancer i think, or, is what he I had. think it was colon cancer oh uh, cool. Well, regardless it was is. regardless top. prostate or colon two of the most painful miserable cancers yeah um, and so he was in rough shape he he was real skinny real small mm-hmm very pale, but um, that's me and a couple other young guys. Um, I can't remember how I got into it, and I'm not sure how. Okay, but I was, I mean, it like very reverent and felt like, yeah, we're doing him a, a favor, you know. It, felt like...
1: it always, at least for me, it always felt like you know, chatting with grandpa was different because a he wasn't a council member, and b he. His calling was the school, right? He was never expected to be exalted to that position. So no, and he was never a, never a leader of any
0: sort in the like priesthood sense. He was always he was definitely someone who was respected, definitely
1: respected, but intensely submissive to his older brothers. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, and so, with Grandpa's older brothers being you know Marvin Morris, um, right, the two big dogs for the like, most part in yeah, Pinesdale. Yeah, I mean the authorities yeah no matter what and it, it almost seemed as though those guys were kind of like out of bounds for me I, I never felt worthy enough to talk to them you know and i've i've had conversations yeah, right. with morris i've had conversations with marv you know yeah, and I've been and brief kind of, for me nothing yeah, super of any brief. real so substance to hear you was it a process of like getting picked you mentioned like no i can not I, I honestly can't let, remember how we okay.
0: stumbled into it but i think maybe my dad had gotten called about about it and Mm. I was with him for the ride or something I can't remember how it all kind of came
1: together okay I wish I could remember more clearly yeah so I guess my point was like since they at least for me felt so out of bounds it must have been like a pretty special moment for you to literally do one of the most important priesthood duties for the most respected and you know exalted if you want to talk about if you want to like say that you know one of the most like the big dog of pinesdale like it just seems like that would be a very interesting position to be in yeah um did you feel any sort of like difference
0: um not with him or i mean kind of where he, yeah like he's definitely this big figure who has of course i know tons of his family mm-hmm. and yeah he's not a guy who I've spent a lot of time around, mm-hmm. interacted with. So it was definitely that where you're like, you know, you're around a high authority in, in your community. Like, you know, he likes it. he's a big dog. Yeah. Um, but it was just kind of humbling and, and then being around people who were, who were dying. I mean, it's, it's just,
1: there's okay. nothing very more just grounding than, watching someone who's completely frail so how how long after you guys gave him the blessing did he pass weeks weeks so it was a few weeks before he passed away yeah maybe that but even then that
0: that maybe closer it was he was very close to dying at that point he was at this point he was more or less hospiced in his house Mm um you know not really mobile yeah Um, yeah i I think he sat up on on I think he was on a hospital bed or just in their bedroom and maybe sat up on the bed.
1: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um yeah, it definitely reminds me of what grandpa was like. Yes,
0: yeah, so it was very similar. Both yeah.
1: very much kind of
0: looking like a little bit like ghosts of their um definitely a shell. Yeah, of the of their big self. Mm-hmm. Where they had shrunk and, oh, and frail and pale. Yeah, dude, that's And yeah, and then like I so said, just any time you're around that kind of near death it just it it grounds you back to i mean what's important a little bit where you're just you're not thinking about petty things when yeah when
1: you're yeah for sure
0: praying over a man who's dying yeah and which i don't think i actually said any prayers i think i was just in a circle but you were part of the you know yeah left hand on the right shoulder yeah and i mean at the time like that was honestly like i mean if you're from Pinesdale, you know what blessings are. But if you're not from Pinesdale, it's kind of odd. Because what happens is people who are, you know, a lot of times with sick kids. Sick so people this is basically like giving people. a lot of context for people who don't know. Exactly. And people who, even who are from here, who maybe haven't seen a lot of it. I don't know. Sure. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if we saw more of it than most people. Cause I mean, maybe. our family, that's pretty normal to get together and give a blessing. Oh, yeah. But it's where several priesthood hold members um, and... So seven, seven penis holders. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that's a prerequisite that, for the that's priesthood. That's a reference because um, women
1: can't hold the priesthood. Yeah. Well, okay.
0: So, but anyway, you have you know, one or several guys with the priesthood in a circle.
1: One hand on
0: the next guy's shoulder. One hand on the person's head. And so on, it's
1: your left hand on the right shoulder of the person to the left of you. Yes. And then your hand on the head of the the person who's receiving the blessing and it's kind of like a, a hand sandwich.
0: Yep, and it's a really you know you can feel the delicacy of of everyone. Cause, I mean, I've never been a part. I've only been a part of one or two, honestly, not many blessings. But mm-hmm. it it's definitely one of those for me growing up, where that was a like a religious solemn moment was those types of things where it really was like it's very intimate. We're coming together. We're gonna put our intentions together, and we're gonna ask for a good outcome you know yeah that you know or you know if it's who just fell down an elevator shaft and you know broke his legs and or yeah broke his back Yeah. or an old man with cancer
1: or a A young young, or a young sick kid who's having trouble with whooping cough yeah
0: just it could be anything or yeah and so it all it feels very solemn and reverent reverent and you can feel the solemnity that's kind of oozing out of everybody everybody's taking it seriously it's not like you know that you're not horsing around or joking
1: by any means yeah these kind of situations yeah i mean i've received a few blessings i mean first i mean not first but like one of the ones that obviously sticks out for me is like getting ordained into the ironic priesthood you know when you're 12 or whatever it's 12 right Yeah, so it's the same as as
0: a blessing where you more or less, everybody hands on their head. Yeah, it's it's the same
1: exact process, but the prayer is different. Yeah, Um, But I remember receiving blessings when I was a kid. Um, I remember, you know, what's what's super cool, at least for this exact moment, is that we are both sitting in a room where probably hundreds of blessings have taken place. Yeah. You know, like we're in... Oh, for sure. I know I remember being here in this house. Yeah. Many times, and we're just chilling in grandma's family room. Like the fire isn't going, so it's not Christmas time yet. But yeah, I don't want to
0: talk too much shit in here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Your I feel like a lightning bolt's gonna
1: be deserve it. Yeah, yeah. But, but I remember just uh, like being so. I remember one time receiving a blessing, and it was like all of our uncles. Like your dad was there, you know, all of my dad's brothers, um, and I think like. one still or were around still i think they were a part of that maybe was was here for some i can't remember exactly what it was i don't but regardless you get a good several you know it could be eight ten guys pretty often yeah 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 that's that was very common and i can't remember i think i just had a fever that was just gnarly you know 104 105 like my brain was just cooking Mm-hmm. and i was maybe eight or nine at the time so just baptized right and um and everything and like just feeling so so sick and so weak and then one thing i remember is thinking to myself when they put the oil so that's another thing too is that we use consecrated oil consecrated oil um that is blessed right and you put a
0: few drops on the on the blessie's head prior to <sighs> yeah the blessing. and you know
1: what's funny this is definitely, like, sacrilegious for sure. <laughs> but I was explaining the use of consecrated oil to one of my friends who is not a member of, <laughs> of the group. I've never thought about how loaded the term consecrated oil could sound. Yeah, and you know what they compared it to? <laughs> They're like, yeah, you know that moment in the Shawshank Redemption where the guy doesn't, like, wet the sponge? <laughs> Are you like, talking Green Mile or Green Mile? Yeah, yeah. Is it is it the Green Mile? Yeah, you're the, talking Green Mile. Okay, Metal. yeah. So the two most amazing jail movies ever. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they get mixed. It's easy they are. Yeah,
0: yeah, two yeah. Two of my favorite movies. Yeah, incredible. In but like
1: they were like, "Oh, so if you don't use the oil, it's like not wetting the sponge then." And I was <laughs> like, "Oh, I was dying no, laughing." I can't <laughs> <laughs> I mean no. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to explain usually that. Th-
0: usually the same thing seems to happen, oil or no oil, but I do remember like seeing kind of a runaround trying to get hands on consecrated oil. I remember that. But I I I there had to have been blessings without oil for sure, where it just Oh for sure, yeah. But actually I don't know, my dad was so prepared, he'd keep a little oil thing in his truck. Oh really? Yeah, to where if I was with him there's probably
1: oil. It's like on his tool belt. Seriously, yeah. like batman <laughs> <laughs> no it's in this toolbox somewhere <laughs> it's in that toolbox dude you had, your dad had everything in that toolbox still does still does but anyway so man um, is ready but i remember um s- like sitting down in the chair literally essentially right where i'm sitting yeah. right now yeah um and having you know 12 different hands on top of my head i remember thinking like oh this is heavy heavy but individually
0: all very light mm-hmm. yeah and yeah it's a huge like everybody's very gentle but but when also, you end up yeah. with 10 arms
1: 10 arms in the weight of the more hand or less and,
0: dropping their weight on your head yeah and you're on top of a As, eight-year-old's neck and depending on the prayer giver it could be a few minute ordeal where people's arms
1: are going to start drooping a little more into your head. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And I remember like wanting, I remember, oh, this oh, is and so if you crazy. you fever too, you're going oh, Yeah, and you're, and you're feeling all shaky and everything. But I remember feeling like this is a reverent moment. This is a reverent moment. So I was like, I had my arms folded. Oh yeah. Because um, that meant you were reverent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember being like, I need to stay strong and support these men's hands with my neck. I remember thinking that. Hmm. And did it work? I don't know. I don't remember. Like that of all the blessings that I've received and it hasn't been many, but I remember feeling that specific moment was like I got to make sure that I take care of these guys cuz they're taking care of me, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: So, oh, I'm sure there's a good a big fat dose of placebo involved with blessings. I mean, yeah, but like I think also, it's going to make you feel good just the process of going through that seems to be consoling for everybody. Yeah, you know. For the most part. And I think that's something. It gives you the sense of, like, we did something. We took action. Of course, you know, I don't, I mean, ultimately, I don't think it's changing outcomes in the process other than changing attitudes. Mm -hmm. Um, But it gives you that sense of, like, we did something. We took action.
1: Um, Yeah, and that level of support is enough to kind of make you feel just a titch better, you know. And I think that's something that a lot of people who are... You know adamant atheists who are like that's the rid- most ridiculous fucking stupid thing like why would you ever do you think it actually fucking works it's like it's not about that in my opinion i i mean regardless if it works I mean, or it, not
0: I, it, it kind of is about that to me to be honest oh really yeah look okay. i'm more of that crazy atheist of oh like, yeah okay. i don't i don't think it's doing things like, yeah i don't think you're going okay. to fix your ailment or change the outcome I Um, think that you, what you said about the placebo effect. But I think changing attitudes, and I think absolutely the placebo effect is in play if... Yes, yes, that's what I was getting at, If the person being blessed is on the same page. I mean, if it's on the rare chance that somebody who's like, I don't want to do this, this is bullshit, it's not going to help them because they might just be angry, Mm -hmm. but I've never seen that.
1: Yeah, neither have I. And And that's what I was getting at is like in my in my estimation at least from what i feel and i and i'm more than willing to be completely inaccurate about it but i do feel as though like getting people together to kind of just like show support and through through an action that is kind of kooky like this you know Uh,
0: if you watch it from the outside it would seem a bit bizarre for sure. yeah yeah
1: and i don't i i'm of the same ilk as far as like i don't think it works I don't believe that it happens, you know, and, and that's okay. Right. But I also think like that affect that placebo, like, yeah, I want this to happen for me because I have this faith or this this belief or whatever it is mm-hmm. um, into like, you know, if, if God is, if I'm worthy enough or, or if these men are able to, you know, act as these conduits for God's power to help heal me of my ailments, you know, as an eight year old kid, of course I'm gonna buy into that yeah I, mean, I was not... still hoping that the tooth fairy would show up you know
0: <laughs> I don't know if I had many real illusions about the tooth fairy I feel like that was pro- I ruined for me
1: at a young age yeah that was the only one that my parents like tried to keep alive not nice. Yeah. We never. My parents couldn't keep up with all of our teeth, I don't think, <laughs> because you're, you're And the... I was
0: always way too uh, nonchalant, like pulling a tooth and then chucking the tooth, not <laughs> necessarily, Mom, look at my tooth. It was yeah. more of like. And you're the fourth out of 10, right? 11. 11. Five brothers, five sisters. Jesus.
1: Yeah, it's a horde. It's a horde. But only one wife. There you go. I think that's a great segue into something that I did have wanted to talk to you about for a long time, at least like in super detail. Cause I know we've like talked about it a little bit before, but your wife is African-American. hmm Yeah. And I think that's something that we grew up believing was, you know, the subject of race and, and how that was interesting <laughs>
0: to well, say the least. Yeah. I mean, let's, I'll try not to mischaracterize the, the belief we grew up with, but essentially the belief was that, before the earth was created, we were all at least spiritual beings in a place with with God. And there was a war that took place. A spiritual war. A spiritual war that took place between God and Lucifer. and
1: Lucifer being the devil.
0: The devil. And I, don't, I don't know what terminology what, we yeah, heard what was it? for the devil or Lucifer. I or, think it was
1: always Lucifer, wasn't it?
0: I feel like in terms of like talking theology about i think lucifer um but either way
1: yeah the deceiver the the deceiver the the center the the
0: dark side um the dark side of the forest darth but, Vader. but there's a spiritual war between god and the devil and in this war all of us spiritual beings that are now humans or at least some of us that are now humans parsed ourselves into three groups one group fighting for god mm-hmm one group fighting for the devil yep and then one group who sat on the fence
1: who didn't take a side they just were pacifists
0: did you and
1: sat on the fence i don't mean to interrupt because i definitely want to get into it but did you ever feel or think of like them actually sitting on a f- actual literal fence when you were a kid yeah i thought that, of it as a f- my head, i yeah. thought of it as like literally no, oh, yeah, the fence that's across the street. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> oh, well, certainly <laughs> how it
0: how it got visualized because that was always the language used. Was it was always on the fence, on the fence, on the fence, even though it pick was a, a metaphor, side yeah. or you know, they they didn't stand with God mm-hmm. is the point. And so, the faction of spirits that fought with the devil um, didn't get a chance to come to Earth. They, um, I'm not sure where exactly they were distinguished as being as if they can be kind of like almost like demons on the earth today um if they act in that capacity or not but either way they didn't get they didn't get the privilege of getting a physical body on the earth they didn't get to take the test the big trial on this earth to see if we can be with god but anyway so people fight with the devil some people fight with god and the people on the fence are black
1: <laughs> yeah oh um, my god and, or as dude do you ever as, feel like as
0: a consequence of not standing up for god they get marked they got marked with their yeah it's called it yeah. laziness their
1: they call it like the curse the disloyalty and I curse. actually hold on i need to grab something um, i need to grab a book of mormon because i feel like i remember the verse yeah look for it but yeah so you have
0: black people that are and so everyone born black on this planet is black because they didn't fight with God. And those of us who are white, we, n- we know and understand that we fought for God, but they didn't. And, and, <laughs> and as a consequence of not fighting for God, they also don't get to receive the priesthood in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a thing for 130 years. Until 1987 it, in the... Or 78. yeah sorry 1978 in the
1: main latter-day saints church the official church because we and more than likely we've already covered Um, this but like the the offshoot of the offshoot okay so it's in second nephi i remember that second nephi what chapter is it i I mean i have google here but i i I have google right here ready to go but i i kind of want to see if i can get it so it's in second nephi right and they're where is it? I would love to hear it. Okay. So Nephi separate themselves from the layman. Oh, okay. Here we go. We're we're getting we're in the business right now. Second Nephi. I feel like it's for some reason because I remember researching this and feeling so like I don't know, like that was not a thing, you know, cuz like the history of racism in the Mormon Church and 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 that kind of thing. I was always in denial about it until I started, you know, investigating a lot more thoroughly. And then I remember it's like second nephites in chapter five so you know remember in the book of mormon how they have like a little blurb like a summary Mm -hmm. of the chapter before you go here's the summary of chapter five and second nephi the nephite and i have a book of mormon right here the nephites separate themselves from the lamanites keep the law of moses and build a temple because of their unbelief the lamanites are cursed receive a skin of blackness and become a scourge unto the nephites so I want to make sure that I get the right verse. I think it's like towards the end of the chapter. Um, um, oh, found it. Oh, <laughs> I found it. <laughs> okay, so. Give us that. Okay, so this is <laughs> the first Nephi. It. This is first Nephi, or second, sorry. This is second Nephi, chapter 5, verse 21. Roger okay. that. Five this, is, this is straight from the official, most true text. Well, yeah. That one's
0: different than a new one. Has it been changed? Well, that one says that the Lamanites are the ancestors of modern Native Americans. Oh, yeah, that's right. The new one, they kind of retracted it so they don't make the direct claim that Lamanites are the ancestors of anymore.
1: Of, of Native Americans, right? Yeah. So, so it's
0: kind of in the intro of the book there oh, has been
1: changed. Okay, so I remember hearing that because I remember they changed it from being the direct ancestors to being amongst the ancestors. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is 2 Nephi chapter 5, verse 21. And he caused the cursing... To come upon them, yea, so many yays in the Book of Mormon too, so many yays. Uh, <laughs> yeezy season Yeezy season. Yea, uh, even a sore cursing. So it's sore. It's not good. Okay. It's not pleasurable to experience because of their iniquity. For behold, they had hardened their hearts against him, that they had become like unto a flint. So flint being a fire-starting tool obviously in the primitive times Mm -hmm. something that you would strike steel against to create flame very 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 tough rock uh wherefore as they were white also a flint reference and exceedingly fair and delightsome that they might not be enticing unto my people the lord god did cause a skin of blackness to come upon them (laughs) that's directly from the book of mormon so so i mean yeah growing up we understood that
0: holy shit dude. The black people they fought for the wrong side of god and it showed in the way people behaved here i mean we grew up with like, very racist yes very racist in the way people talked about you name it i mean like big sports figures at the time mm-hmm. president obama like
1: yeah. we, oh we, dude we obama the, was a
0: big deal lots of black jokes lots of like and I didn't, we didn't see a lot of like overt racism of like people actually like interacting with black people because we just never saw them.
1: Yeah. I mean, we grew up in rural Montana. Um,
0: So it wasn't like a lot of, you know, interacting with black people, but I do, I know I have been with other kids where there's like a black kid at a scout camp and they're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're,
1: yeah. Definitely treated in a very distinct manner.
0: Yeah. And when it's just, when you think that, they're black because they're lazy because they're disloyal you don't have a good preconceived notion of them you're not thinking this is a human of equal worth to me of equal value equal intelligence um they're just innately a step below you they didn't fight for god that's what we were taught for
1: god that's what we were taught and it gives
0: you this very much pedestal Mm -hmm. to look down from
1: yeah, and man, it's it's was so, so insane.
0: Like I, I can't even remember how it get justified because it certainly made my parents uncomfortable, and they just didn't know how to even.
1: When you were dating your wife, you mean?
0: No, I'm saying as a kid cause oh, my dad. My okay. dad is very. I mean, he's not a dude who's racist in the sense of like if he's interacting with people, he's going to treat them very well, mm-hmm. regardless of what they look like and where they're from. You know, so. He was not, like I said, he's not the overt racist by any means. Mm-hmm. But I remember trying to question him about that and just, he, you know, hearing it talked about. And it's just kind of like, well, it's just like, shucks. God says, you know, once we teach. And so another aspect of this is that black people can't receive the priesthood. they So they can't get religious authority mm-hmm. until everyone on the planet has gotten the opportunity to get so their the last in line. Exactly. And then in 1987 the church yeah i'm sorry i keep it's spinning that it's all good um yeah but the church retracted changed, that retracted that but no no doctrine changed just the policy of letting black people get the priesthood
1: yeah so the the book of mormon that i was reading from is like from the early 2000s mm-hmm. um before they rescinded and changed the they are the direct descendants Right, to amongst the... To amongst the descendants, or uh, uh, they are among the ancestors as opposed yes, to I the know. direct ancestors. Um, that is, I I don't know how you feel, man, but I, I remember feeling, and this is not who I am anymore, and I, I look back on this and I feel disgusted with myself for sure. Like, I remember being so angry, so angry, like towards towards you know african-american folks and just i don't know what really changed for me i think you know what holy shit i actually have a (laughs) i remember the exact moment (laughs) holy shit okay so let's hear that light bulb all right so here's what happened my best friend growing up or one of my best friends because i had a lot of friends because i'm so popular (laughs) well it was a hell of an aspect of growing up here was... Yeah, I mean, everybody I was hanging out with everybody. It was good A good range of friends, and yeah, they weren't far away. No, no, they were within walking distance. And this friend of mine uh, had invited me over to uh, have a sleepover, right? Spending the night, having a good time. Um, and the the big movie, right? So every sleepover usually has like a movie that you always watch, right? The movie at that time, at that specific era, was Star Wars... Episode two, Attack of the Clones. Nice. The first real showcase of who is, in my opinion, probably top three Jedi ever. Mace Windu. Oh, yeah. Okay. Samuel L. Jackson's character. And (laughs) I I saw... Okay.
0: (laughs) I would, like, laugh at that casting today. Like...
1: (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So <laughs> so he's in the first one. He's in episode 1, but he's kind of like a backdrop character, you know. He's just a oh, guy yeah, who's but. like there and very looking looking very solemn and, you know, inserting some, you know, wise sage advice, you know, through Jedi mm-hmm. council meetings, whatever. Anyway, but in episode 2, you see for the very first time his purple lightsaber his purple lightsaber And I thought that was the most badass fucking thing. I was like, dude, we were all into purple lightsabers. This guy (laughs) is the coolest. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't get any better than this guy, dude. He's the most badass guy ever. He killed, he killed Jango Fett. (laughs) Like, but, but, he was black. Yeah. And I remember at this, um, okay, ah, (laughs) <laughs> at the sleepover we watched that movie and I was just oogling and ogling. I had already seen it in theaters and I was so oh, yeah. stoked to have it come out oh, do you remember that time frame yeah you remember that time between like it coming out in theaters versus like that time frame in between yeah there's release? that several months where you're like
0: waiting for it to come out on DVD oh yeah and you're out in the woods with sticks playing I mean yeah you're bashing lupins with
1: sticks oh dude so many yeah. lupins yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just ca- just innocent casualties the lupin flower uh, lupins dead trees and sticks dead trees sticks branches that are dead arrow leaf balsam root was another classic um anyway <laughs> we we demolished a lot of plant life when we were younger uh <laughs> um but it got to the point where they're fighting the like the jedis are on geonosis and all the geonosians are coming in and they're surrounded and all this different stuff and you know mace windows having this big old you know battle with jango fett and Mm -hmm. he gets beheaded and like all this different stuff right like it's so crazy and i was blown away right and during that part i was sitting there just eyes wide open jaw to the floor watching this happen because i was so impressed and you know just a little kid right i mean when did it come out like 2009 or something like that no no No, 2009 three Three yeah yeah i totally got that wrong yeah um but i think it came out when i was nine that's what i was thinking um and so a nine-year-old kid you're just like stoked on life watching this guy go but anyway at any rate during that part of the movie i was just sitting there just like enraptured you know just completely captivated and this friend noticed that i was just fawning over mace windu mace windu the black Jedi. yeah and he looked at me and he like hit me he like slapped my leg. Mm-hmm. He was like, "You good? You okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, this all yeah, shh, shh, shh. I'm watching." It. And he grabbed the remote and he paused the movie. He was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, why? Why'd you pause? What?" You know, I was so like, "No, the movie's going. Like, why would you stop it? It's the coolest part." And he said, "I'm not going to say what he said because I don't want to repeat, you know, his disparaging comments." But he called him the N-word, and it's like yeah, he's cool, but you know he's uh you know and, and he said the n word and I, I was sitting there and I was so like yeah, but that doesn't matter though he's cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like yeah, exactly. immediately it, it's I and at that time, and I hope that people that are that are listening to this can understand what I'm trying to say here. At that time, being raised. In this this culture, this this lifestyle, this soft cult, whatever you want to call like it, like I said, with the belief that with the belief that, that Samuel Jackson didn't choose God, yeah, yeah, with that belief, I wasn't upset at the fact that my friend, who was also nine at the time, called him the N word. You were. I upset. was upset that he didn't acknowledge how fucking badass this guy was. Right? So obviously in the suspended belief of the Star Wars universe, right? Mm-hmm. Being nine, all those things taking into consideration, I wasn't upset at the fact that he called me inward. I was like, This guy is just the coolest. He's the best ever. And that was yeah. the moment for me that changed like Yeah, but that that doesn't matter though. Like <laughs> he, he and then like seeing Samuel L. Jackson in other movies. And also being like, oh, that's the guy who plays bass Windu. Oh, he's so cool, man. He plays bass Windu, man. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the moment for me that kind of, it, it wasn't like a full flip-flop into like, you know, jumping into, you know, kiboshing any sort of like racist behavior in my daily life. Right. Um, but it was the the first domino, if you want to call it that. Right. And I
0: think that's, that's probably like how I'd say a good portion of kids here, like I said, there's different, And it's mostly tied to kind of families of different kind of levels of racism Mm -hmm. of like, what are you actually hearing in your house? um, Yeah, that that varied, and then also, I'm just sure it just was a huge part of it was how how racist is your your older brothers and dad and Mm -hmm. um, where you and I weren't in the thick of that at all. No, no, definitely not. We were more the middle of the run kids where we're like yeah it wasn't we didn't care a whole lot it was the same thing it was just like this guy's badass yeah like sure and it's just like you just compartmentalize that weird fact that we know something about that guy's soul before he was born yeah
1: because that's what we were taught yeah
0: and running on an assumption that we know what he did, we running the assumption that we know the choices he made before he was born, before he was a human. Yes, before he was a human, and I, I am of course, like I said, I got a black wife, so it's hits very close to home because there's no, it's not possible for my family to be part of the group now. It's not possible yeah. that, that yeah, it's just not possible that a black woman and a half black child could be possibly part about, be yeah. part of this place yeah and the question well i i raised it to my mom and it was a tough conversation um but you know i said i was you know i was asking you know was there a war um and that she was kind of not given a straight answer but i was going mm-hmm. okay where was my daughter in this war which side
1: did she pick wow how where does she fit Jeez, um, dude, um, you have a way. <laughs> and if, something I've always admired about you, dude, is that like you are able to like ask a very specific, very poignant question, of like, no, 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 you don't get it back away from this. No. Answer this question, and I want an answer now. Like right. that's a very amazing thing to. Yeah. Well. It, yeah. It's, wow, dude.
0: If there, if there, it, it makes no sense at all to care to to categorize race by. Three groups that picked or didn't pick God when, well, I guess, let me reel back a little bit. Okay. okay. Because this is one of my, the most like stark examples of an unfounded belief next to a founded belief. And when I say founded, I mean, it has good reason, solid reason and evidence to support it. Okay. And when you're talking about the skin color of humans. Yeah. We have two competing ideas. One... That people's skin color is based on the choice they made on which side of the war they fought. Yeah. In heaven. And the other option is that humans spread around the planet and then over thousands of years separated populations. And then within those populations adapted to their environments. Yeah. And it so happens that more or less, like, not exactly, but the closer you are to the equator the more melanin you need in your skin to handle the uv rays coming from the sun. Yeah. And so this, there's this giant correlation between living ha- having your ancestors, your near ancestors. When I say near, I mean near past several thousand, 20, yeah. 000 years in the
1: spans of geological time. I yes. I see what you're, you're
0: saying. And you're going So the one option is which team did you pick and the other option is how far from the equator did your ancestors adapt and develop? Mm-hmm. And this, there's just this clear correlation that when you don't live the e- near the equator, you have to turn your body into a solar panel. Yeah. We have this giant white skin because we want we, yeah. d- we adapted and evolved in an area on the planet where there wasn't a lot of sun available. So it didn't affect us. When we didn't have melanin in our skin. But if you live near the equator and you don't have melanin in your skin, it is a problem. Yeah. It's a major problem. I think Trying to be a... And so, one issue with having three segments of population to draw from mm-hmm. in total of like this group fought for God, this group on the fence, yes. and the devil's folks. Yeah. So, really, it only segments humans into two groups.
1: Because the people F- who fought for... for God. The- Yeah, because for the people who fought for Lucifer weren't allowed to come down. Exactly. So we have two groups and it's like, okay, so we have these two
0: groups. How do we categorize Middle Eastern people? How do we categorize Asian folks? Exactly. How How do we... we...
1: Brazilians. Exactly. It's (laughs) just
0: like when the easy categorization is to look at where their ancestors evolved. Yeah. And what evolves... The first thing to evolve in any species when they're adapting to new environments is their exterior, yeah. is who blends in, and who, I guess, who doesn't get selected against.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: In the very basic way of like, you know, a, snakes. The first thing that evolved in a snake is its scale. You know, the pattern of its scales. Yeah. It's not going to change inside out. All the changes always start outside in, and it's true for humans where we're all anatomically the same except for essentially a few random genes
1: in our skin that are derived from an evolutionary need to make sure that you don't fry exactly yeah and so there's just
0: it's impossible to to lump all humans into one bucket or the other when 100 when i have a mixed baby yeah what the hell did her soul choose yeah that's ridiculous to think that her soul
1: made a choice before she came here and maybe, we, maybe she was like touching the fence
0: yeah what the heck was she doing
1: <laughs> maybe she was touching the fence and the I side mean, that she was standing on was like the I side was, I forgot. I was on the forefront blue eyed blonde fighter like <laughs> I
0: mean <laughs> and I Nicole's was so fairly Arian. dark so I mean she must have really chose bad well yeah I like,
1: mean I guess it, uh, So, so it's according just, like, to that thought
0: it's just for sure I, there's, it's not possible that I hold both those beliefs at the same time. The belief that that's some serious cognitive dissonance. I see. That, I see
1: what you're saying. Yeah.
0: That all humans were in. were eat, It just. It takes one anecdote to tear that apart. And and then, she's
1: sitting in the other room. Yeah. Like, we we you you probably heard her screaming on this podcast. Yeah. We apologize. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize. But she's the fucking cutest baby on planet Earth. Yeah. But it's um, like, yeah. What did her soul choose? Yeah. Maybe you should ask her when she gets older. That should be the first question that you ask like when she's like 10.
0: Eva, you half lazy schmuck, what are you doing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, I heard a little bird told me that your soul, it's awfully good you got this white savory in you. Oh, Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> it's awfully good. Yeah, so I, at a certain point, I married my way out of the group. I mean, of course, I was well out of it before we started dating, but. Yeah, yeah I mean, so it, how did you and her meet? Um, the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. One of those. Uh, yeah, I think it's gonna become way more normal. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Was it Tinder.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. super rad. Went
0: on. Uh, got some mac and cheese at the Mar Bar, and
1: dude, that's sick. Yeah, that was a good do you first remember date. the first time that I met her when we were down at Fiesta? Fiesta. Oh yeah, it was just us three. Well, no, it was us three plus. And
0: oh, we're, oh, okay. I think was there, I
1: think that's right. Yeah, but I remember and I didn't know that you had a girlfriend. And I see you like gussying up to this, you know, this, this amazing looking uh, lady next to you. And I was like, what? all right, cool. And so I was like, all right, let's get the scoop. And I remember something that is just amazing. Is that like, I sit down and I'm like, okay, so how'd you guys meet? And without missing a fucking beat, both you and your wife said simultaneously, BlackPeopleMeet.com.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, there's a number of people. That's uh, the case that I had made an account on BlackPeopleMeet. And you're so not
1: black. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm as far from it as it gets. Oh, that's so
1: funny to me, dude. <laughs> BlackPeopleMeet.com. Yeah, BlackPeopleMeet.com. Nice. <laughs> that's incredible. So, how does your wife feel? I mean, obviously she's married to you and you guys are happy and you have a wonderful baby and everything. Um, so does your, does your wife get ever, like, I don't want to put, have you put words in her mouth either. Um, but do you, do you think that she has felt uncomfortable at any point, like meeting family or anything? No, I no. don't say so. I okay. mean, she
0: d de- I I mean, she gets some good stare treatment here, but I think a lot of people driving in cars do, but for her, for sure it's, uh, a, a glance and then a hold the glance as she's driving by. Yeah. It's a, huh? Oh, one of those are here? Yeah. <laughs> oh
1: my god. <laughs> but that's
0: not necessarily oh. exclusive to here. I mean, it's yeah. kind of being a mostly white Montana, it's not too abnormal. But no. she
1: hasn't really um, it'd be a lot different if you guys like lived in Utah. Probably. But yeah. even then, this is it's yeah. still I mean, if you lived in Salt Lake City proper, then it wouldn't be an issue, right. I don't think. Um, it's just like to to be completely frank, like there are not a lot of African-Americans in Western Montana.
0: No. And you rarely see them in Pinesdale. Hardly ever. You can like probably it's... count on,
1: t- you know, two hands, how many times that's happened ever in the history of Pinesdale. Yeah. That's
0: rare. You know? So and... when she drives by, it's, you know,
1: yeah, it's, it's crazy. an
0: oddity to a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. I guess I just wanted to, I guess, make that point of, and a faith based belief that tells you one thing and a evidence-based belief that tells you another
1: and, and using your own personal anecdotal evidence of being like, Hey, where does my daughter fit? Yeah. And, Uh, and going right. When you talk
0: other evidence, we can talk. I mean, there's no shortage of evidence to show where my ancestors adapted and where Nicole's ancestors adapted. mm -hmm. The picture's pretty clear. Um, And it just, the the trouble with a lot, I mean, in this case here is that you have this bundle of beliefs that you have to accept as true, that that's just the case. That's how the world works. And if you, you, I mean, they'll pay lip service to, you can question it, but ultimately you have to question it and come to the conclusion that what we believe here is true. Yeah. If you don't come to that conclusion, well, you're a denominator now. Welcome, you know, and you're just kind of like, you know, okay. I, Cause it's just like, that's, if there's one just stark belief of like, what should I believe between these two beliefs? Mm-hmm. The choice seems very clear and easy for you. Yeah. And I would hope it becomes more easy for more people here to see that. And, It certainly has pushed.
1: I mean, there, uh, if you, I mean, this, I mean, that specific example of like the, like, you know, in regards to the the dogmatic expression of where, you know, African-Americans lie or anybody who's black, to be honest, Mm -hmm. whether they're African-American or not, or Caribbean American, or, you know, if they're Sudanian or whatever, it doesn't matter. Southeast Asian. Yeah. 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 Um, Mexicans even get looped into that.
0: Oh yeah. But only halfway because they can still have the priesthood. So like it doesn't make any sense. What yeah level at what level of brownness do you draw the line? Yeah, and it's
1: totally fucking stupid.
0: Like, you know, these Mexican guys can have the priesthood, but it's kind of not really. Where's the ambiguous line between Mexican and black? Or I mean, just or what's the line with being half black? What's you know what's the the line with do you have a black ancestor?
1: yeah like because that's that's also common
0: yeah it's really common for a lot of people i'm like yeah you know nicole she for sure has at least some white ancestor Mm -hmm. or a a few you know in the mix there where she's not yeah you know she's not the african you know she's not as black as like as native africans sure that don't have white ancestors like how how does that fit in when she could have in
1: terms of the religion itself
0: yeah yeah yeah. how how does that fit in that she has ancestors who fought with god but all but more ancestors who didn't fight with god how you know what percentage of ancestry fighting for god gives you or how much of your ancestry fighting for god allows you to conclude that you fought for god and didn't fight or sit on the fence yeah as an individual
1: how do you go well i i feel like i probably picked god but you know, for the level of organization that I mentioned earlier in this episode about like the Mormon church and the AUB as well. Right. Mormon church especially they are I mean they they gotta go on. on it and what we are here. Yeah, at home. for sure. And so when you have that level of organization, wouldn't it make sense that there would also be very clear cut lines? Because as far as like the lifestyle, not so much the religion, but the lifestyle of Mormonism, it's very organized. You yeah, know, you have the Wednesday night, the Wednesday you're night this? you're doing this. Sunday Sun- night you're doing yeah, this, you know, and you, got, you have this to do and you have this to do. This is your calling. That means you have to prioritize this during th- throughout your work week. Yeah, and like you all might these be teaching things.
0: Sunday school.
1: Yeah, and so it, it very much dominates the life, which is why Utah is a thing. <laughs> yeah, like the whole state, even at large. Yeah, yeah, and and so it would make sense that in regards to the lifestyle, comparative to so the lifestyle is all this has all this organization wouldn't it make sense that there is a level of organization within the religion and dogmatic premises themselves as far as organizing clear cut lines and everything else. So you raise a lot of really good points of like, where is that line? asking those tough questions. What about my mixed baby? Where was her soul during the war of heaven? Was she, you know, touching the fence? And that was the thing that like made her half black or whatever, or, you know, so asking those questions, I think is extremely important in order to kind of like, if you are someone who's investigating the church to be like, hey, this is something that you guys like talk about in the book. So what do you what do you make of that? You know, and asking your bishop or, or whatever. Like, those are, I think, are extremely important questions. And that's, that's one of many discrepancies. And it's, like I said, it's not something that you could go investigate and get
0: a, you would not get a friendly response if you nope really we're just inquiring about hey where you know if I, if if i genuinely was like trying to inquire about my wife and daughter mm-hmm. it wouldn't get received well it would just get shaken away and it would just be like sorry just can't do anything about it it wouldn't would, be able to give you a straight answer no cuz you can't yeah this thing is you, there's no straight answer on the table other than oh we don't have any good reason or evidence to say what we're saying. It's just a belief that we got told as kids and now we have to stick with it. Yep.
1: In I order mean, of to course, not no, look Of like course,
0: nobody would say that, but... That's what's kind of happening, That's though. what's happening is... Yeah. You have these beliefs that, as a kid, you go... You can... It's like, well, you can find the truth for yourself, but you better fucking find this truth. Oh, my God, dude, you nailed or, it. Or you're going to become the denominator drift away and not have the community not have access to i mean i'm sure people could come back and go of course you can have the community you can have this but it's like i can't i can't go to priesthood meeting and voice my opinion in any kind of way no that would be acceptable not at all like whether it's here at home if i went to priesthood meeting or if i went to priesthood meeting at the lds church neither of which would receive me openly the way i am with my beliefs The way I view the world, it's not welcome. It's welcome if I shut up. It's not welcome if I voice. They're so happy that you're there, but you better be quiet. Yeah, and it's like you you just have to either accept the package entirely or kind of the wrapping starts to fall off. When you don't take all of it, you don't take the one thing, it trickles into the next thing and slowly it falls away from you and you're left in a scary alone place where maybe not a lot of your friends and family are there with you or maybe it's something they went through previously
1: but or are willing to support you and
0: you, yeah. know, and... you know like my family isn't like they certainly have like disowned me but I haven't gotten into a lot of religious talk with my family but no kind of like disowning or anything but it's like I said it seems I though... know okay. for me that I can't be myself and be a part of
1: the church here or the church at large, yeah. because of A, the choices that you've made as far as like who you were in love with and who you decided to live your life with, and also the beliefs that you espouse in regards to the religion as a whole, um, and discrepancies therein, so.
0: Can you search that for me? Yeah. My phone just died.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll pull it up. Give me one the, second. Yeah. So what, so you mentioned like your beliefs and how you view the world. Um, I have no limits on how long we want to go with this, but, um, well, this seems like better podcasting than the start. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. But I mean, we got some juicy material, I think.
0: Yeah. I don't think, I think there's plenty for us to
1: <laughs> dive into. Okay. I just, so my guest asked me to Google, um, the 1949, uh, Negro proclamation.
0: Yeah. So this would have been, so this really didn't interact much with Pinesdale here. Now that I think about it, cause at this point, this is from mainstream LDS, not, not from the AUB. AUB. Okay. Cause the AUB of course would agree with this at the time. Like this would agree, would, this would be agreed with today here at, in Pinesdale what am i about to read yes okay like nothing
1: about this um okay so this is i mean dude okay <laughs> it's it's pretty it's pretty short it's pretty short and i have i have it pulled up and i hope you don't mind if i do a little bit of a in the moment improvised review of things that are written here <laughs> so the first thing it says is the negro that, and
0: this is a press, like a press release but by the church. Is, okay, so this is from
1: 1949. Because the church
0: throughout this time was beginning to get a lot of church members mm-hmm. non-church members going hey what is you're not letting black people join your church yeah and they were getting a lot of flack and so they said okay we're going to take this head on and they're going to uh, put out this press statement which is which is this. what i'm about
1: to read right now and it's called the negro uh, proclamation to the world the first presidency and council of the 12 apostles of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints
0: which so the current president would have been about 25 at this time
1: yeah so the current president now it's like ninety four, um, something like that. Yeah, he's he's an old guy. Um, the attitude of the church with reference to Negroes remains as it always has, st- or remains as it always as it has always stood. It is not a matter of the declaration of a policy, but of direct commandment from the Lord, on which is founded the doctrine of the church from the days of its organization, to the effect that Negroes may become members of the church, but that they are not entitled to the priesthood at the present time. So that's the first paragraph. So what basically they're saying is like, there's a lot of questions that we've been getting asked, but it's the same thing as we've always said. So they, they can, can get baptized. They're members. But they cannot have
0: authority. They cannot have authority. So they don't have the right to, you can't bless people in the church
1: without that authority. It's yeah. Not so true. in the, ref, like, from what you experienced and referenced earlier is like someone who's black would not be able to give a blessing to a dying man or a man who's dying of colon cancer. Correct. The prophets of the Lord have made several statements as to the operation of the principle. The principle being that you you can't let blacks have the priesthood. President Brigham Young said, so Brigham Young, as yeah, in I the heard. Brigham this, Young. This is gold. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is Brigham Young, as in BYU, as yes. in Provo, as in Joseph Smith's um, successor. Yes. As in... This is the place,
0: as in he's as he's more influential to what the church is today than Joseph Smith, almost was. I would agree. I would agree. The organizational side you're talking about is him.
1: If you have ever been to Salt Lake City and have ever, ever thought, man, it's really easy to get around here. Their system is super great and organized. All the streets are numbered. I don't have to ever guess where I am in the city. It's because of good old brother brigham <laughs> yeah they held okay. been great organizers like yeah 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 but. sure so president brigham said and this is a quote this is also italicized in this proclamation why are so many of the inhabitants of the earth cursed with a skin of blackness uh, oh huh. yeah keep going okay <laughs> it comes in consequence of their fathers rejecting the power of the holy priesthood and the law of god they will go down to death oh my god <sighs> okay i need to take a break for a second almost. <laughs> like, can i read it <laughs> uh uh yeah yeah go for it um <laughs> no, hold on we're gonna have to no i i got it i okay, can do it okay, okay. i got it <laughs> Dude, this is just so uncomfortable to read man they will go down to death And when all the rest of the children have received their blessings in the holy priesthood, then that curse will be removed from the seed of Cain, as in Abel's brother, as in Adam and Eve's son. Yes. They will then come up and possess the priesthood and receive all the blessings which we now are entitled to. Entitled. When I said a pedestal. That's what we're
0: talking about. That's the to reference to look down from. Yeah, he said this is, and this you're still quoting.
1: Okay, so that was the end of that quote. Okay, okay. yeah.
0: So, so you will have to read that again. But that's reiterating what I was saying about once everybody's gotten the opportunity to receive the blessings of the Lord, then then they can the have mark, their skits mark will be removed. cleansed and they can receive these blessings upon which we are entitled.
1: Yeah, man. Oh my God, this is absolutely atrocious. It's gold. <sighs> it's gold. It's a dark gold. It's not, it's not rose gold. It's a little bit different. (laughs) President. Okay. So that was Brigham Young's quote. So then it goes on. President Wilford Woodruff made the following statement. Here's a quote. The day will come when all that race will be redeemed and possess all the, uh, all the blessings, which we now have. So he's talking about, you know, when all that race, when he's talking about that race, he's talking about black people. Yeah. Uh, The day will come when all that race will be redeemed and possess all the blessings which we now have meaning. Guys, don't lose hope. Yeah, you're going to get your turn. Dude, you're going to get your turn. Wait your turn. Do you have to be lazy and impatient? Oh, my God. (laughs) Holy (laughs) shit, dude. The position of the church regarding the Negro, with a capital N, by the way, Mm -hmm. may be understood when another doctrine of the church is kept in mind, namely that the conduct of spirits in the pre-mortal existence has come as some determining effect upon the conditions and circumstances under which these spirits take on morality. <sighs> right. So the bodies they take on, on earth are as a consequence of what they chose what in they chose the before pro- life. Pro- yeah. Yeah. Not the afterlife, the before life. Um, okay. Where was I? Uh, uh conditions, circumstances, under which to remember. okay. Uh, the circumstances under which these spirits take on morality and that while the details of this principle have not been made known, uh, you don't know what's going on. We don't know what the principle means, okay. Uh, The morality is a privilege that is given to those who maintain their first estate, their first estate meaning the decision that they made with choosing to fight for God, if I'm interpreting this correctly, right? Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, in a meme, yes. Okay. It's going, their decisions they made before they were born are the reason they are the way they are today. And we know We know what that looks like. We know what choice you made based on your current physical body.
1: Yeah, because of what skin color you have. Okay, those who maintain their first estate. And that the worth of the privilege is so great that spirits are willing to come to earth and take on bodies no matter what the handicap. Huh? Oh yeah, because it starts to touch on. Yeah. Okay, no matter what the handicap may be as to the kind of bodies they are to secure and that among the handicaps there it is again failure of the right to enjoy in morality the blessings of the priesthood is a handicap there it is again <laughs> which spirits are willing to assume in order that they make, that they might come to the earth under this principle there is no injustice whatsoever involved in, the, in this deprivation as to the holding of the priesthood by the negroes Statement of the First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, August 17th, 1949. Holy shit, and, dude.
0: And, and if we took this to priesthood meeting here at home, you know, if we went to priesthood meeting on Sunday and brought that in. Yep. People wouldn't disagree. They would
1: go, I mean, it's sound. Yeah, I mean, that's what they said. But at the same time, in the hub they're also not allowed to hold the priesthood or even be members. Yeah. So it's one step removed from this proclamation that we barely read. Dude, holy shit, man. This is an official church document. Yes. Has the church rescinded this at all?
0: No. I mean, they rescinded it in the sense of they started letting black people get the priesthood because of the civil rights movement. And then 17 years after the height of the civil rights movement, they finally get enough pressure and and there's a... Um, there's a good thread um, kind of outlining, because there was another proclamation they made in uh, maybe 10 years later, similar thing. Um, the second and, one. Um, Might have been 20. I, I'm i not, I can't remember again now off the top of my head. That one just always stands out. Um, but no doctrine changed in order to let black people, men have the priesthood there's no well it's doctrinal change it was just like a policy change that had to happen because because like usual they were a few decades behind the times and
1: the chameleons got to keep shifting along okay so i just barely looked up uh the 1978 revelation on priesthood uh in regards to um black folks okay and this is from just wikipedia um in 2013 the lds church posted an essay stating that the ban was based more on racism than revelation and disavowed racist theories as the origin of the ban which means okay that's actually something that's really important to say because what the church says this is official church research the church says that the ban was based more on racism than revelation meaning that they acknowledge that Brigham Young was a racist. And, and they're saying he that God revealed false things to him. And that God revealed false things to him, which is a huge problem. That's a huge problem because then when, again, this goes back to what you said earlier, where is the line? Where is the line of like, well, that proclamation was actually more on racist than revelation. When we were talking, we had the fullness of the gospel. We were talking about yeah. not that. Yeah, we weren't
0: talking. No, no. you Just didn't the, hear- the rest of the fullness. Yeah, you didn't hear us correctly. Let me, let, let's. You... <laughs> when we say God revealed the fullness. And of yeah. course, they believe he continues to reveal. But it's like, is God that fast and petty? He It takes 150 130 years 130 human years to to go ah eh, yeah well change of plans that thing that I told Joseph Smith well actually Young,
1: so it was actually Brigham Wilford Young Wilford Woodruff John Taylor all the way up until like, I guess he yeah Joseph Smith
0: but yeah Brigham Young John Taylor Brigham, yeah Wilford Woodruff all these guys are like God's confirming to them and revealing this truth to be continued that hey this is God's commandments yeah they be deprived of this entitlement that we have yeah because we're white um, because we chose God's side and yeah I, it's hard to reconcile this I mean it's a, this massive piece of um, this massive piece of doctrine as like oh this is just racist stuff from these guys it actually doesn't have well okay so are you saying that the war in heaven didn't happen now are you saying that everything we've known about pre-existence is is false or or are you saying that it just was misinterpreted in racist ways no
1: these are extremely important questions and it's like
0: it's been pretty clear for a hundred plus years what the case is yeah and now we're going to and then in the
1: late 70s they decide well martin luther king jr definitely had some good points well maybe not so much good points no it's a bunch of church member like there's it's a marketing ploy
0: yeah well because they are having mass exodus at the church at at that time after the civil rights movement because it was this huge shift in america between you know where a lot of people were like kind of getting clearer on race a little bit i mean it was a huge a huge paradigm shift in the country at the time yeah and so there was a huge portion and for the most part mormons are really nice good folks and for like i'm it upset a lot of people that they were just withholding the priesthood from black people um for and never really a clear answer just the divine commandment and not like i said there's no clear answer because there isn't um other than racism
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean but which is the official church document
0: yeah and so like yeah just the, the amount of pressure the church was getting at the time and i've read some good stuff where like um it's more, more or less a giant thread of letters that are you know like at the time written to the church and um, from whom I'm trying to remember. So, there was one guy, he began writing articles. I think he wrote an op-ed in the New York Times. And so, some of this was, at least one piece was, he wrote this piece in the New York Times of this Mormon guy who was pro-black priesthood. Okay. So, he's going, hey, why aren't we... So, he was Mormon woke. Or actually, I can't remember if he he wrote in... If he got it printed in a Mormon publication. But I think he wrote wrote an op-ed that got printed in the new york times and yeah we'll and so at some point there was a a bunch of responses to his thoughts on letting black people have the priesthood some of them were like pretty much like pretty much telling him like you don't get to go against doctrine you don't get to go against the prophets yeah. like this is very cl- cut and clear cut and dry and then but on the other side there was even more people going yeah this is nonsense we need to let these people join mm-hmm. and that eventually won out you know after year you know because it was just wave you know mormon church is predominantly white at that time especially yeah so and there's a bunch of people going this doesn't make sense that we're not letting other people join based on their skin color and so it was a huge push and it's a good thing i guess that they can join i mean i mean yeah i I mean that's great
1: i mean awesome if those folks like find something i don't like... like
0: groups of people that are exclusive to that don't allow People in their club because of their skin in general. So I'm glad that they're now a club that doesn't draw preference on skin color. So
1: and yet
0: that's a positive.
1: And I mean, you're right. And yet
0: that letter that letter is still official church official document document in 1949.
1: And the council
0: at that time went. This is what we mean. This
1: and we're we're referencing Brigham Young. We're referencing Wilford Woodruff. We're calling it straight how it is. Yeah and to a greater point that something is a glaring issue at least in my opinion is that all of that stuff now they're inclusive now they have the you know the the proclamation has been rescinded all of this different stuff um it's still in the book of mormon that the Black skin. Second Nephi 521, my friends. Exactly. Is... Still exists. It still exists in the Book of Mormon. That is still the revealed word of God. Yeah. And Mormons definitely take the Book of Mormon to be the word of God, right? It is, quote from Joseph Smith, the most true work. Yeah. The most true. Bible? Get in line,
0: bud. I mean, we, yeah, believe in the Bible as far as is translated correctly, which is just an open door to... Anything that disagrees is mistranslated. Yep. But, and it's so, uh, but
1: the Book of Mormon is, I mean. It's set in stone almost. Well, like, I mean,
0: quite literally set in stone well, because yeah, it was from the golden plates. The yeah. Lord revealing the fullness of the gospel, the, the, f- the final piece of the testament of Jesus Christ, of his coming to the new world.
1: Yeah, coming to America. Just like, like Eddie Murphy, dude. Um, Jesus is Eddie Murphy, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good place to call it. We're gonna have you back, man. Yeah, it'll be fun. Sick. We'll be,
0: yeah, a certain bit of. We'll, we'll get angry at anti-Mormon. <laughs> I don't mean to be terribly anti-Mormon, but I don't think I have. We've been too bad today. Like, no, it's just no. How I feel about well,
1: and race relating to. and it's not like we're completely the church we grew up in. I we definitely didn't get too tinfoil hat either.
0: No, I mean we just read in the Book of Mormon. <laughs> a Negro, a Proclamation, and the Book of Mormon. Yeah, and I was like, holy well, no, shit, you, you selected it you know, you were selective i wasn't selective joseph smith was proactive and brigham young was proactive and we simply are hearing what they thought yeah oof it's a big old oof it's the oof episode a big old <laughs> oof and so yeah i'm glad to be here i'm excited for this podcast cuz like i said i hope it's a place people can listen and maybe a uh, something will re- I'm sure things will resonate with other pioneers probably this is one that a lot of people could get angry at the way we've been talking. But for many people who just don't care about the belief anymore, like I hope it's a place they can come and listen. And if anybody's listening, feel free to reach out to me and yeah. let me know your thoughts because I will happily respond. Yeah, totally. Thanks and for And I want to hear me. more from the denominators. The denominators. We We grew up with the numerator. We know what that looks like, but... We you can't see the denominator. No. Nope. You can't see the the families where well the math doesn't add up when men are supposed to have two, three wives. Actually, three is what you really have to have. So what happens to the two sons? <laughs> Dude, that's another rabbit hole we can go down <laughs> yeah. for sure. Let's cut it. <laughs> <laughs> math doesn't add up.
1: <laughs> Polygonometry, math. Yeah, that's. I'll be the next episode.